Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am so excited to be talking to you guys today, talking about one of my favorite subjects with one of my favorite people. So you guys have the pleasure today to get to connect with Jonathan Sweat. Say hi, Jonathan. Hello, everybody. So Jonathan is a lender at Alcoven, a very good friend of mine. We have, gosh, we've known each other for five or six years, at least now we've became, we've become really good friends. Jonathan is my lender. So all my clients go to him when they need a loan. He does a fantastic job, but we're we work very well together. We're very different, right? I'm a little bit more on the liberal end. He's a little bit more on the conservative end, but doesn't matter because we get along great. And one of the things that we are definitely very alike in is how we do our planning. Don't you think? I love planning. Yeah. My wife says I've got a few addictions in my life. One of those is buying planners, like Probably have a whole library of planners <laughs> that I've had in the past, but I love planning. Yes. I'm the same way. I have one that's like, you do your pomodors and this one, you write it this way. And this one, you draw it. And I have yeah. tons of them. Gratitude journals and planners is my thing. Yes. Me and too. my colored markers <laughs> that actually have a smell, my pink one smells, and that helps me with my planning. But in all seriousness, we're going to talk about business and life planning because it is about to be December of 2023. It has been a roller coaster, we're just going to call it this year for the real estate lending market. Huge things happening, obviously, on the real estate end. We're not going to get into today as well. We will be covering more of that. But really, if you think about it, it's the time if you haven't done it. So if, if you haven't, if you're listening right now and you haven't done your 2024 business planning, it's time, right? It is time for many reasons. One, the new year is going to start. You've got to have everything set well in advance. It's not something you do in January or February for that year because then you're behind. But it's also a chance to look back at the year. And here's here's the way I look at it. If you had a great year, you get a little clap, you know, a little, little horn, have a little champagne if you want to. If you had a bad year, you can cry about it today. That's right. You get today. Your pity party or your party. Because guess what, Jonathan? Come January 1, it's over. It don't matter. You had your worst right. year. Ooh, you had your best year. Now you start, it's January 1, right? It's like time to, when everyone says they're going to commit to finally losing 10 pounds, it's January 1, they're going to the gym, right? So let's talk about it because I think it's a lack of planning more than anything that is where I, people are frustrated. Don't you think? I mean, it's a lack of a plan and a vision and then it's kind of no clarity on, well, it's not going that well, but I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I you know, for I think a lot of times people in our in both of our industries get, and especially in a year like this year, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of unknowns, right, for the future. And but sitting down and writing the plan, by the time you start getting into it, number one, your excitement level of just living goes up, right? And your anxiety levels start coming down because you feel like, all right, I've got a map of where I want to go. Here's the steps. And my goals are really, even you can write some big goals down on paper. And I've wrote some big goals for 2024, but when you plan it out and you have some action stops, it's like, I can do this. I can do this. And so my excitement level is great going into the year. My anxiety level is lower than what it has been because I feel like I've got it mapped out and things are going to not just be 
like in survival mode. I agree. I mean, I think, look, there's so many things we can't control. You know, you and I, if we could, we'd be, I don't know, bazillionaires. I don't know what's more than a bazillion, but you know, we would, if we could control the interest rates, if we could control the inventory, if we can control, gosh, right now, all the commission lawsuits, there's many things that would be great to control, but we can't. So we got to control the controllables, which is part of the plan. Yep. Right. And we have to see the market that we're in as an opportunity. So everyone that's out there, Wendy, whining about the market that we can't change. Now I need you to focus on what are your opportunities for 2024 and surround yourself with people that see it that way, too. Because if you're in a room right. with 25 people who are all like, market sucks, the rate sucks, the world is ending, I'll never make another dime. Woo! That is not going to help you with your planning. So. When you're getting this, I think it's great. Get together with some people that inspire you and motivate you and that have big goals and that have a positive outlook and do some business planning with them. So realtors get together with your lenders and your business partners and say, hey, I'd love to do some planning, life and business planning for 2024. Because again, then, then you have something to work off. So let's talk about... I think we have to start with looking backwards to go forwards, right? I think it's great to say, oh, next year and a year, I'm going to do this. But if we're not super clear on our 2023, kind of where things sit and how we feel about them positively or negatively, where we are, I think it's very hard to plan for. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. We need to take a look at it. You know, I think the other thing that while we're talking about that, like looking at this past year and setting goals for the future. Because I did this last year too. And last year, you know, the year, let's say 20, we're in 2023. So 2022, when we were at the end of last year, 2022 had also been a little bit of a down year compared to what most people in our industry had been experiencing, right? And for me, when I set goals for this year, I lowered the bar. And I'm looking at that right now. And so I'm not saying set unrealistic goals, but I've got my business coach right now. She set goals last year to have her best year ever in spite of what was going on with the market. And guess what? She did. One of the very few in the mortgage industry that's done that. So like when I'm setting my goals for next year, I did raise the bar. I didn't put something unrealistic, but also, so I think it's good to look at what this year has brought, but what is your best year ever? Why can't I have that? Regardless of what the rates do and what real estate inventory is doing or what's going on in the market or what lawsuits are happening, I can still have my best year ever. Does it require a little bit more thinking and a little bit more proactiveness on my part? Probably so, but it's still doable. So yeah. I think it's important to look at the year, but also don't lower the bar either and compromise with what with what your potential could be, right? Agreed. I mean, I think you could also really have two goals. I mean, we when we business plan. So as a whole, when we coach people, so if I coach students and we look at their year and we talk about the next year, we say, okay, you can, you know, you can say, I'm going to go up 10% or 20%, right? Like we, we want to be realistic, but doesn't mean you can't have a BHAG, like a big, hairy, audacious goal that's, hey, I want to go up this much, right? Like I think there's nothing wrong with shooting for the stars, but it can't be with, you know, sage and wishes and our fingers crossed, right? It has to be with a plan of how am I going to make that happen? What effort, what actions, what am I going to do? What relationships am I going to have? What classes am I going to take? What skills am I going to learn? 
to take me there, right? So, I mean, effort, right? So if you make no phone calls ever and you need to, you know, sell hundred more houses, you're going to be making a lot of phone calls. So I think it's paying attention to that as well. So if we look at it, so if we're going to work on a revamp of 2023, so you and I both agree, we both have a form that we use that when we do our planning, a lot of people listening might not have, but kind of the categories that we work from. So it's called the seven boxes of life, but the categories we work from are work, money, your love life, family, spirituality, friends, and self. Okay. So it's really paying attention to those. And and so if you're listening and you write these down, right? So work, money, love life, family, spirituality, friends, and self. And so even if you just took a piece of paper and you wrote those out, and then the thing to do really is look at it and go, okay, what are you most frustrated with in each of those categories, right? What, what are you frustrated with? What, what do you need to work on, let's say? And when you're looking at those, you know, work, it can be, you know, you didn't, it can be sales numbers, but it can be your effort and work. It can be many things, right? And just like, look, spirituality is what it is to you, right? Spirituality can be church. It can be meditation. It can be yoga. It can be anything that is something that's good for your soul, and then a lot of people are like, well, I'm I'm not married or I'm not, I don't have a partner, but maybe you want one and maybe you don't. But I think it's paying attention to those things and saying, okay, what, what am I frustrated about? What might I want to change in here? And then it's setting, then the next step is here's what I'm frustrating about. So I'm going to set goals on what I want to work on. And I think, so you talked about this too, that you would never, so let's use love life because you know, you and I've both done this every year and it's like, okay, I need to, so let's use self. Okay. I'll just make an example. Let's say self is, I want to lose weight. That's what everyone says, right? I want to, not everyone, your skinny bin pole, you know, lose weight. but if you say, I'm going to lose weight, great. So, okay. Well, that's very, okay. What does that mean? So if I lose two ounces, did I lose weight? Right. So you have to be really tactical in it, right? So let's say I want to lose 10 pounds by June 15th. And then I got to have a plan behind it because again, unless I change my diet, unless I join a gym, unless I really do many things, that's just not going to happen if my habits don't change. Right. So I have to send a tangible plan, but for you, for love life, let's give an example in terms of, you know, you said this year, especially it's like, I've got to set not just the plan, but the steps to make something happen. Right. Yeah. So what I wrote down and for me, when I'm thinking about what, what I want for love life, for example, to me, I I have to first write, what does that vision look like? Let's say December of 2024. Okay. So you're listening to this, so you don't see how old I am visibly, but (laughs) at the end of December, 2024, Lord willing, Trish and I will be celebrating our 36 years of marriage. So that's number one. I also wrote down, I want to make sure that she's confident that that I love her deeply, that I always have her back all the time. This one is the one I really have to work on. I know her love language and speak it fluently, which includes actually listening and being present in our conversations. And we protect our marriage with weekly dates and counseling as needed. So like, you know, we have been married a long time. And I think marriage, just our love life, like anything else, if you don't pay attention to it, it can get stale or you can take it for granted. And for me, you know, we have very different love languages. So I know hers is quality time and spending time with me. That's not really mine. So I have to have a plan. So like part of knowing what my vision is for the end of next year, I have to have a daily, weekly plan to make sure that I'm actually doing the things that I'm doing. I'm sure she'll listen to this. 
and she will be the first to tell you I'm not very good at this all the time. But I want to make progress with it. And I want I want her to see in my life that I'm making progress toward being a better husband with that, right? Yeah. So that's well, I mean, my vision. And that's the step. So like a weekly date, having some time on my calendar that I make sure that we spend maybe at least half an hour every day where I'm really actually being, you know, paying attention. The phone's not in my hand and I'm really listening to how her day has been not focused on me, right? Yeah. And I think it's I think people might listen and be like, wow, you have to plan it. Yeah, you have to plan it because, you know, if you look at each one of these steps, let's look at it. Most of us are are out of balance, we'll say in something, right? So we might say, gosh, my my work this year went well. My marriage is great, but man, I have focused zero on myself, right? I've gained weight. I'm not in shape. And it's because that attention wasn't paid. So if you don't pay attention to all of these, something will always be out of whack. And look, you're never going to be perfect. I can't say I'm going to be this perfect person in all seven all the time. That's not going to happen. And just like you said, so Philippe and I are very different as well. Like, you know, I'm more acts of service. He's more quality time and he's very huggy and I'm just not right. I'm just not a super like outwardly huggy, affectionate person. And he needs that. And so you've got to think about that and pay attention to that when it's not you, especially it's very rare that two people, right. are both super huggy people. Great. Well, then you just keep hugging. But for some of us, it's just not innately us. Right. So, but if we don't focus on it, you're exactly right. This is where you start fighting more and there's more issues and, and, you know, and it's the same with anything else, like our spirituality. So if I don't take time to read or meditate or get some time by myself, right. Then I get grumpier and I'm, I'm not as grateful. And so I think it's, it's just paying really clear attention to and being really honest. I think the biggest thing when you do these boxes of life is, you know, I think we all tend to want to be like, Oh, I'm really good at that. I have great friends and you know, I'm doing really well. And you know, my marriage is perfect and work is great. And it's like, okay, that's good. But like, where can you get better? So it's like being super honest with yourself. No one else has to see this and saying, okay, this is where I'm struggling and working on it, right? So I think if we take those areas and then write a plan. So I think, look, a lot of people don't don't take the time to focus on those areas. Then some people may say, fine, I wrote a plan. And then they never look at the plan. (laughs) It's like you do it in a class or something and you're like, oh, that's done. And you put it in a drawer and you never look at it again. So it's like, okay, so we have to have the plan and then we have to have our action steps for the plan. And then you actually have to pay attention to the plan, right? Like you got to pull it out and because, you know, you'll say, well, I have a date week, I have a date night every week. And I've written that a hundred times. And then, you know, four months goes by and I'm like, oh, I didn't really do that. Right. So I think it's, it's this conscious attention to it. So we got to look at it weekly and look, I think like with any of these plans, And we're going to get a little bit specific on some of them and talk a little bit about work and everything for everyone here talking about a business plan. But, you know, if, if I say, okay, I'm going to sell 20 houses, I'm just literally picking a number next year. There you go. And I'm just going to put it in a drawer and it's like, okay, well, then I've got to have a step for each activity. And, and, you know, what am I going to do to make that happen? And it's the same thing with all these other things. And I think if you take your time now, and you just, you know, you go in a quiet room or you go outside, it's, although it's kind of cold, but you know, except when you're in Florida, like Jonathan is, and you can go outside, but you know, you go and you just take some time and you reflect and you start writing some things down and be super honest with yourself and have a little introspection and say, okay, this is what I want to work on. And then you got to take action, right? So if it is self, and if it is losing 10 pounds, then it's, I got to hire a trainer. I actually to go to the gym or I have to get up and walk for an hour every morning. There has to be an action 
you know, I can't say I want to lose 20 pounds and eat 12 cookies a day. I do love cookies, but you know what I'm saying? Like that action has to correlate with the desire that we say we want for any of these things. And so if you look at it, I think the the kind of the, the boxes of life, paying attention to all the areas is definitely step one. Then I think let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about work, right? So we got to have, let's talk about our work plans for people who are listening here that are realtors and lenders that are like, okay. So and Marjorie, be, yeah. before you get into the work plan, oh. what about, as we were talking about this a little bit before, work-life balance, is there actually such a thing? <laughs> so what do you think? I'm going to give total credit to Robin Lavasser, who I just, I know you know her too. I just love her. She is a good friend. She's a mentor. And I was talking to her and I think she put this out on a video as well. But when I was talking to her, she goes, and I'm just going to use clear language. She basically like look, balance is kind of bullshit and it's true, right? Like we all want to be harmoniously balanced and everything, but there's always something that seems to be a little off. And let's talk about that. So let's say if my goal next year is to double my business, it's not, but let's just say that was really like, I really wanted to, I sold 10 this year. I want to sell 20 next year and I'm going to go like, I'm, I'm committed. I'm going to have to really, I'm going to have to work many hours. I'm still going to be at home for dinner and everything. Well, then you're going to be paying attention to that. Right. And so I think you got to be accepting and harmonious with that, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're balanced, right? It means you're going to put more effort. So let's flip it. So let's say your marriage is on the rocks and you say, I still want to sell. I got to sell houses and bring home money, but I've really got to put a hundred times more effort into my marriage and my kids. I got to cut my hours back, right? So there's different ways of looking at it. So then work may be a little out of balance because you're focusing super, you know, you're really putting your time and attention into home and, and your spouse. So I think when people say balance, it's it's a goal, right? And some people may be balanced, but if you're super honest to hit balance when you're starting your career, or if you're trying to really, you know, especially in this market, you're you're at work or you're working more hours than you did, right? So there's less balance in theory at home. So I think that, look, you've got to be in harmony with what you're doing. Like when you put your plan in action, it may not be hundred percent balanced, but then it has to be that you're satisfied with it, right? That you and your family say, okay, I appreciate you're going to have to spend extra time here at work. I appreciate that. You know what? Your goal has to be yourself. You need to lose 30 pounds. So that means you're going to have to spend 10 hours more a week at the gym and we're going to make that work. Does that make sense? I think it's harmony more than balance. Yeah, absolutely. And there's things that happen you know, throughout life too. And God forbid I have a heart attack next year, but let's just say that in March I do. Let's not say all that. of a sudden, but let's just say, yeah. but, you know, if that were to happen, all of a sudden self is going to get a higher priority than some other things. So it may be too, I think that as the year starts unfolding, you kind of have to come back maybe, and you might have to address or rewrite some of the steps or rewrite some of the plan to match. It doesn't mean lower the bar in any of it, but might mean that you have to do some different things, right? Yeah. And I think that one of the biggest thing that you and I both know, because we both have had a lot going on is, you know, when I have a plan, right. And I have my steps and I know what I need to do if I get derailed, which life is going to do. I think it's, it's when, you know, when something happens that derails what's happening personally, whatever it may be, the more that you have a plan and that you're clear on what you need to do, you can get back on course more quickly. I think the people that get more permanently derailed, right, that just can't seem to get back on track, didn't have a clear plan and vision of what they needed to do to make that happen. Does that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that 
without that plan, right? Because a lot of people, it's how was your year? Well, I don't know. Well, how do you not know? Well, I didn't, was your goal? I don't, didn't really have a goal. Well, then how do you know if you hit it, right? If we don't have a goal, and again, your goal is your goal. It's not for me to give you a goal. I'm not here to tell you what your goal is. Your goal is what makes you happy. What what makes the money you need to make for your family? What is it that, you know, what makes you joy? What lets you go on the trips you want to go on, right? What lets you retire when you want to retire? It's your number. But if you don't have that clarity of why you're doing this, what the goal is, you know, then I think it makes it much harder. And when markets are like this, it makes people that much more, you know, just angry and, and, you know, upset with things because that's just this constant like hamster wheel with no clarity. That's right. So if we, if we do that, so a couple steps, so here's some things that Jonathan and I are going to recommend to you guys, because we do every year. And that I think when you're setting your goals will help you. So one is called a SWOT analysis, SWOT, S-W-O-T. So it's super easy. You can take a piece of paper and like put a X across it. So you have four quadrants and S is strengths. W is weaknesses, O is opportunities, and T is threats, okay? So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Another time to be honest, if you have a team, each team member does this. You can do it with your family, quite frankly, and you do it with yourself and you're really honest. So strengths are your personal strengths as well as, let's say, your team strengths. Weaknesses, same thing. And weaknesses are hard, right? Strengths are fun, right? I'm really good at this and I'm great at that. And, you know, I'm the queen of this, but then weaknesses are, ooh, you know, that's where you got to be a little bit honest. And weaknesses can be personal and internal. I don't mean weaknesses like trying to make yourself feel bad, but if you're always late, that's a weakness, right? If you show up to every appointment late, if you don't work off of a plan or you go home every night and you're like, I didn't get anything done, right? So that's, that's a failure to plan. That's a weakness. So if we think about that, opportunities and threats, I think are very interesting because how you look at something can be what it is. So let's use the real estate commission lawsuits. That's a threat, right? But it's an opportunity. So the rates and the market and the lack of inventory threat, also an opportunity. So I think it's how you look at it and how you want to work with it. So threats are many things. Look, competition is a threat. The market is a threat. The rates are a threat. This lawsuit is a threat. It's all, you know, other agents are a threat. There's so many things that you think my lack of work is a threat. So I want you to be super honest. A threat is I'm not doing the work. If the threat is I'm not taking great care of my database, right? Don't you think like, what are some threats when you think about it? What are threats for you guys as lenders? Well, it's, it's kind of all, I mean, it's basically all the same things that you just said. I, I think it's super important when you see a threat. I mean, number one, you need to recognize it and be, like you said, honest, it's there. But then you immediately also need to reframe it. And that's, you know, like just with higher rates, you know, you can reframe that. I mean, the threat of having a higher rate does create opportunity. It's going to create a lot of opportunities in the future because people will be refinancing. That's an opportunity, right? But it also is a good time right now in our business because with when there's when there is less inventory of homes to sell, when the rates are higher, it's a perfect time in my business to start tweaking some things to get at a lot of our systems, a lot of our processes. Yeah. So it does create other opportunities so that when rates in the markets do turn, we're we're still coming out way on top, right? And it's also the opportunity because what what is another threat when there's low inventory and higher rates? People leave our industries. Yeah. There's another opportunity to 
to see some more market share, right? So I think we have to look at that. And that's one of the things I've looked at this year too, just in market share. How can I how can I hit the goal that I need to next year if the inventory stays low, if rates stay high, and that's all a real possibility of happening. So what, you know, what do I do? Well, the opportunity is get more market share, get better at what I'm doing. So how can we do that as a team? And, you know, how can we have deeper relationships with our referral partners? How can we have a better, smoother, wowing client process for our clients? So, I mean, we've taken time this year to do that so that we are improving. So, I mean, I think everything, whatever the threat is, reframe it as, all right, it is a threat, but here's the opportunity I can to come out better than where I'm at right now. Agreed. I mean, I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of that. And I think that you're exactly right. This is the time to look, we're going to have to demonstrate value more than we ever have. Right. And, and your skill set, and you've got to understand why someone wants to work with you. Right. And, and as a client, as a lender, as a realtor, all of these things. And I think that this is the time we have to be paying attention. We have to be super educated. We've always had to be, but uh, I think there it's going to get harder. And so how do we get better? Right. How do I show more value? How do I provide more service to my clients? How do I do that? And I think that's an opportunity that's pretty exciting, actually, that we have. So I think exactly. So a SWOT analysis. And then again, you don't just write stuff down, right? So your strengths are super important that you also communicate them, right? I'm really good at X is something that clients should know and not in an egotistical way. But if my strength is my negotiation, my market knowledge, that's pretty important that clients understand that when they want to work with me, right? weaknesses are to me a couple of things. One, I work on them or I hire to them, being just really honest, right? Like if I'm going to hire a team member, if it's okay, I'm not really good at a lot of people, it's paperwork. I'm actually pretty good at paperwork, but weirdly with my personality, but it's like, okay, someone that's going to take really great care of the details. If that's not a strength, then then you hire to that strength, right? To me, if you're able to do that. Look, even if you're four realtors that hire an assistant together, you know what I mean? Like there are ways to, if my weakness is social media, then I'm going to get someone to work with me. Shoot, it could be a teenager, right? If someone who knows the Instagram and all those way better than me, that's an opportunity that I can, you know, do better on those things. So either we have to improve it or get help with them, right? The opportunities to me, again, the threats we've talked about. So then it's building a plan about that. For me, an opportunity is, or a threat is lower inventory. Okay. But people are moving, right? I mean, so, so who has to move? That's who I have to be in front of. So an opportunity is how do I get in front of those people that I know need to move? Who is moving? So it's understanding the market, right? That's an opportunity. So if we take all of that, right? So we say, okay, here is, here is my SWOT analysis. Here is my revamp of this year, which for work, by the way, has to include for realtors and lenders. So realtors, how many homes did you sell this year? Not about, or I think a closing's a closing. So how many homes did I sell? Number one. Number two, where did I get each of those clients? Not maybe specifically, where did that client come from? Right? So I've sold this many homes. This is how I got these clients. You know, what's my goal for next year? How many leads did I get this year? Not about how many did I convert? What's my ratio? 
from each source of my leads? What do I need to do better with? Who did I not maybe pay attention to? Is there a big discrepancy in a source of leads, right? So for example, if I always get a lot of business leads and this year I just didn't, why, right? Did I, did I not, did I neglect my business partners? It's something I need to pay attention to, right? If I'm paying for leads, especially, especially, if I'm paying money to any of the lead sources and I don't want to call any out because it sounds like I'm being negative about it, but if you're paying for leads, you better know I got this many leads and this many converted. I made this much money and I paid this much money. And then is it as something I'm going to continue doing? So this is the importance of that, right? As part of this work planning as well, how much do you spend a month? What's your budget, right? How much is your it's like a profit and a loss, right? I need profit. So we've got to be doing all of this when setting our goals for next year, right? And our goals have to be very specific. So realtors, it should be number of units and it should be the volume, right? And it should be how many leads you want to get and closings per source. And then how you're going to get that business. It has to be super specific. And I would say lenders, obviously the same thing as well, right? So if, if Jonathan has 20 business partners and he would like to get, you know, X leads per business partner, how's he going to do that, right? So, and then past clients, he's going to be calling them and, you know, again, how many could be moving, right? So I think it's also, look, we got to pay attention to data. Used to be everyone moved every three to five years. Now it's like 10 to 14 years, right? Because people are going to stay longer. So we've got to be paying attention to metrics and data. And I know you do a lot of that. We do a lot of that. You know, like speaking of, let's just say, speaking to the lenders that may be listening real quick, you know, if you're, one thing Marjorie just said is you need to know the number of units you just did and where it came from. And then as you're planning next year, obviously know whatever your income goal is, how many units is it going to take to hit that goal? But then where is that coming from? But when you're looking at your referral partners, I just want to toss this out. If you're writing the specific names, and Marjorie already mentioned that she's my you know, that I'm her lender. Very grateful. That's one of my my titles in my life. I'm very proud to call call myself. But is it important for me to know your goal, Marjorie? Because what if your goal is to back off next year and start traveling more? That's going to affect what? It's going to affect my plan. So, you know, lenders, you really, really need to know what the goal is of the referral partners that you're working with. You know, number one, you should be interested in helping them hit that goal, whatever that looks like probably not spending money with Zillow with your agent, but you need to know what their goals are and helping them hit that number. That should that number should be somewhere next to their name on a list you have somewhere. You know, where are they? What what is their goal and where are they at right now? And you're you're trying to help them hit it. But again, I've had agents this year decide to back off real estate a little bit. So it's important to know that piece. Because that's going to affect what you're doing, right? I mean, I'm just thinking right now too, look, if you're a realtor right now and you have lender partner, you know, you reach out to them and say, let's do some business planning together and vice versa. Because I think, look, teaching this, you and I just did a class a couple of weeks ago and people who are very interested or, you know, whether they're worried about next year or, or excited about it, having this plan is key. And so I think this is providing true value. Like a lot of times lenders say, how can I provide value to my realtors? Well, you, of course you do a great job and you take great care of them, but why not talk about, Hey, let's do some business planning. What's your plan for next year? How can I help you with that plan? And vice versa. Because I think that, look, this is a huge thing. I think that, I mean, I set some pretty big goals for this year and I hit them. You know, if I'd listened to the naysayers, it would have been like, it will never happen. We had a great year this year, which I, I mean, I worked my tail off for sure. 
but I think I'm not going to just let the market dictate my life. Just like when, you know, when gosh, years ago it was like the recession, it's like, I've heard there's going to be a recession. I have chosen not to participate, right? Like it's the same thing. I understand the market's going to get tough and it's tough and it's going to get tougher. Okay. So that's great. Thank you for telling me that. So I'm not going to be surprised now. How do I kill it? And so I think that's what I want everyone listening here to do as well, right? So you set your goals and then how are you going to get them? You set action steps, you put a plan in place, right? You And then you have to have written detailed steps, right? I can't just say I'm going to sell 100 houses next year. That sounds great. But here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with this many leads and I've got to convert this many and this is the activities I'm going to do, right? And this is my plan to make it happen. And so, which involves a lot of effort. It also involves you setting your marketing calendar, right? So I think a marketing calendar is huge. You can Google marketing calendar. I, of course, have one, but, you know, a marketing calendar of what activities I'm going to do. And you got to pay attention to your expenses. I don't mean just blow money because, quite frankly, a lot of the marketing I do is free. But we've got to pay attention to that, right? Like, I know you do a marketing calendar as well. Yes. I mean, that's super important. I, like, sometimes you have to, when you're looking at the marketing calendar, you have to think, too, what am I committing to doing Quarterly, maybe maybe semi-annual, like have maybe a client event. Yeah. But you have to think semi-annual, quarterly, weekly, and then there's some things you need to be doing every day, right? Every day of the week, or at least every weekday. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the basic your realtors work six, seven days a week, so maybe you do it every day. Right? <laughs> well, no, working seven. No. I mean, if you think about it, like look, a marketing plan includes emails that you're going to send and letters you're going to send, right? It's going to include open houses you're going to do, right? Like what's your plan? Because look, if I'm going to do an open house, you better believe I'm going to have a plan in one. Client appreciation events, right? And then there's holidays. So what holidays do I want to celebrate? Or like we do pumpkins for Halloween. We do things on St. Patrick's Day. We'll do an event, right? So what do we want to do to celebrate on holidays? What am I going to do on social media? What is my posting schedule going to be on social media? Please, it's not realtors just, just listed, just sold. Boring. Just listed, just sold. Yep, 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 yep. Has to be that. But what else? How can I help and educate my clients? How can I have a little bit of fun with that, right? How can I do updates? And how can I spotlight other businesses? And how can I get out in the community, right? And then videos, right? So, yep, you got to be doing some videos. And then your snail mail. And then what are we doing to provide value to our clients, right? And then birthdays. Are we celebrating birthdays and anniversaries and the kids, right? And so, are we doing sponsorships? All of this is part of a marketing calendar. And so the more you can plan it out, I'm going to do this this month, right? So you don't overcommit or undercommit, but you actually have a plan in place. I love doing this. This is one of my favorite things because I'm like, oh, we can do this. This would be super fun. If you're not fun, find someone fun to help you plan it. So if you're like, I'm not fun, then get a fun person and help them help you plan your marketing calendar. But it has to be a big part of this plan that you put together, don't you? I mean, and you have to look at it a long time in advance, I believe. Yeah. Like before I got into doing mortgage loans years and years ago, I was a manager at a retail store. And one of the things, like if you were to walk into Walmart, let's say right now, what is everywhere in Walmart? Oh, Christmas. Christmas. I mean, Christmas. And actually, since Halloween. Exactly. Since Halloween, it's been in the store. But I promise you, on December 26th, there will be Valentine stuff. Yeah. February 15th, it will be Easter stuff. Like Walmart, the retail stores already have all of this planned out on the date that those things will be rolled out. And that's the way I think we as business people have to think too. Like, what are we going to be doing? Like, we know that there's certain times of the year 
inventory picks up a little bit. Buyers yep. are a little bit more visible, right? We have to start thinking about those things way in advance to get ahead yep. of it. Or if you're doing it, trying to put together something right now for Christmas, so you're a little behind the game and it's going to be yep. stressful on you and your attendance. It's probably going to be not very, very good, right? Yep. So you have to think way ahead. Yeah. And I mean, I think, look, it's it's why it always happens that we all have a great idea, right? Well, I'm going to do this for, for uh I'm going to do this for Halloween, right? And it's a week before, right? So to me, I'd argue we plan all this stuff a year in advance. I mean, we already know what we're doing next Halloween. We know what we're doing the first six months of next year. I know what my January letter and mailing is going to be. It's all planned out. And so, you know, thematically, and I know what, what holidays we're going to hit and what we're not, but it's also, I know months that I want to spend more money and I don't. So I think it's part of that plan. Hence also knowing, you know, months where we tend to have more income coming in versus not. So I think it's like global plan that we do. And then it comes down to who's going to help you make it happen. Because I think one thing that you and I talked about again with our 827 planners is you can write it all down and plan it, but then you've got to have people help you get this done, right? So this is where having an accountability partner. So look, I'm a big fan of coaching. I am a coach. I get coached. So a coach for me is always part of it. And by the way, my trainer, so AZ, my trainer has been my trainer at the gym for five years. I do not go to the gym and not work out with AZ because otherwise I walk around, I look like an idiot and I leave and I get nothing done. So AZ, I mean, I got beat up this morning. I'll get beat up tomorrow morning, right? So it's just the way it is. So I've got my trainer and they, she knows me. She knows when to push me, how to push me, how to motivate me. I've got a coach that'll say, yeah, no, not so much, right? So, but if let's say you're not in a place that you can have that, well, then I could, Jonathan can be my accountability partner. And he often is, you know, we're both big readers. So we send each other books and we send each other, you got to read this. And so having accountability partners, it can be a fellow realtor. It can be your lender. It can be a business partner. It can be a spouse. I think it's hard when it's a spouse because frankly, when if Philippe tells me like, you know, you're not doing something, I just tend to get annoyed. So maybe not your spouse, but I think you need an accountability partner or a coach to push you and hold you accountable. And listen, when you have 50 excuses, they go, well, I don't care. I need you to get this done. Yeah. So what you just said is the difference of having a coach and having a peer at my company or a friend hold me accountable because friends let me off the hook way too easy. A coach doesn't take that, right? And I think that's super important. If you can do that, if you can afford it or try to get one in the future, it's such a big help. And even like, you know, counseling, let's say when you're going through something, a counselor that has kind of a bird's eye, what's going on can help you get through whatever. A coach is the same thing in business. They have a bird's eye view. So I think having a coach is critical. I think having a coach that does what you do is very, very helpful because they know what you're going through, right? Yeah, I mean, I think having someone that says, do it this way because this works or have you tried this or can give me different ideas. But, you know, the funny thing is, look, a lot of it is just the accountability, right? Like, quite frankly, everything we're saying, none, none of this is news, right? It's having someone, you know, you need to do it, right? Like it's the point of the trainer. I know, I know how to go to the gym. It's been five years since I've worked out with AZ. In theory, I know what I'm doing. Apparently I don't, but I'm never going to work out as hard ever as when she's pushing me ever, right? Like I work out until I can't do it anymore because she's like, no, keep going. So to me, it's having that person that says, Hey, you owe me this plan by Tuesday, right? Like you and I talk about this. We'll teach a class. 
for 50 people and I'll do a business planning for next year class. And I did it last year and then I did it this year and no one did it. And I think it's because this, I mean to do it, you know, you have the best intention, but then there's nothing that's saying, hey, by, you know, I need this at noon on Monday or you're going to owe me 500 burpees, right? And then you're going to owe me 500 burpees the next day. So it's like, okay, I got to get it done. So some people, look, we all know what we need to do. It's that ability to get it done, right? So I think, look, that might be it. But for people who are, who have had a really hard year, right? So look, I think a coach is ultimate, but I do think if you can get someone who will push you or you will push each other and you won't just, look, something tragic happens and something goes wrong, then clearly we all, you know, we're not here to bully someone through something, but it needs to be someone who's going to hold you accountable, right? And you got to get some skin in the game to get something done. And I think that if you want to have your best 2024, because we wrap this up, right? Then you commit to business planning. Now you commit to looking at all the areas of your life and, and being super honest with yourself and kind of setting some steps in place to make some changes. You commit to taking a look, a real honest look of this year and what went well and what didn't, you know, what be real honest with yourself. You know, I did really well here. I really did not do what I needed to here. You do your SWOT analysis, you write out your goals, right? You write a one-year plan. I think a one-year plan is perfect. I think I do a five-year plan as well, but I think let's start with a one-year plan, right? Cause I think five years gets a little convoluted commit to a marketing calendar and people who can help you get it done. And look, meet with your best business partner and say, hey, can you help me with this? Or connect me with someone who can help me with this. You know, just think, look, I looked at, Jonathan and I talked about this. He has a theme for next year as we wrap up. And so do I. And mine is, first, I'm just unwilling to have regret. I just will not have regret. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to should have. I am not going to say, dang it, I didn't do this. I just, it's not something I'm willing to do. And I'm just not going to tolerate things, right? So I told Jonathan, I'm going to be around people that are motivated and, you know, excited and see opportunity that kind of lift me up and I can lift them up. Um, And they're going to, you know, look, I'm happy to pull someone along when they need it, but I need someone to then pull me too. So it's like, I'm looking Mm -hmm. for people that are like, let's go, right? Next year is the year. It's an opportunity, you know, let's, let's push through it and positive, like, you know, honesty. That's what I want. And for you, I mean, I know you've got a theme for next year too. I do. Yeah. And I think having a theme, it makes you super excited about what your vision, what your plan is for next year. So I already said earlier, my plan next year is to have my best year ever. And regardless of what's going on, that's the plan. That's the vision. And I believe I can do it. So my theme next year is I can, I will. That is the theme. So I've even created little playlist on Spotify. I can, I will playlist. And that's what I'm listening to on my drive to work. It's what I'm listening to when I'm working out. And it's songs that motivate me, push me, get me excited about what I'm doing to kind of, but I mean, I think wrap that theme and everything. I even got a flag printed. I'm a little crazy with that piece right now too, but there's a flag in my office that yeah, says, I, saw I can, it. I will. I just want to be motivated. It's the screensaver on my on my computer now. I want it everywhere. I can, I will watch me do it. And, you know, I believe it this time next year, let's just say worst case scenario is I don't have my best year ever. And I'm a little short of what my goal is. Even if I'm a little short, it will be one of the best years ever I've ever had in my career. And that's great. That's okay. Right. But I'm not going to settle. I'm going to have the best year period. Agreed. It's going to happen. And I do think, look, I think I'm the same way. Look, my motivation music, I I am big on that, right? Like I, my hype up music, my, you know, what gets me started in the day and you guys got to all figure that out too. But I think, 
look, if, if that's your plan for your best year ever, we're here for it, right? So we'll do anything we can. I certainly will do anything I can. All the resources I am happy to share. Anyone can reach out to me anytime. And, but like I said, no more, no whining, right? So it's, again, take your one day, your one day celebration, your one day pity party once you've made your plan and then let's get it done in 2024. I like it. Thank you, Jonathan. Are you, are you reading a book right now, by the way? I'm reading all kinds of books. What are you reading right now? Okay. So I just finished a book called The Comfort Crisis. Yes. And uh, my coach gave me a list of four books to read that will get you through any tough market. So that was one, Comfort Crisis, amazing book. David Goggins' books, Can't Hurt Me and Never Finished, both of them. And then Unreasonable Hospitality, that one I've not read yet. It's oh next on my, on my list. Yeah. And I will tell you, Amplify Your Influence, Renee Rodriguez, which is very good about crafting a message and just, he is phenomenal. I got to meet him. I'm doing some masterminding with him. He is just an amazing, the, psycholo the psychology behind things. And it's just, he is phenomenal. So I'd read that, Amplify Your Influence as well. Excellent book. Cool. But yeah, and I'm going to read your books too. But I think, again, make your plan, guys, for next year. We want nothing, but I want nothing but for anyone listening to have their best year. And Jonathan, thank you for joining me today on Real Estate Unscripted. Thank you. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender. NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.